0: Looking around to see if the children are they staying going? Do we know? Okay. We're gonna we're gonna leave them where they are for the moment. If somebody calls for you, we'll, we'll let you slip out, okay. Do you have your Bibles this morning? Okay, you're going. You're going. So children, you can go. Children, you can go. All right. Yeah, they're thrilled about that, right? So if you have your Bibles this morning and uh, you would turn with me to the New Testament book of James, all the way over near the end of the New Testament scripture, uh, the book of James. I want to share with you a message this morning entitled, Is Your Faith Genuine or a Knockoff? Is your faith genuine or a knockoff? Kent Hughes writes about a cartoon. That was in the New Yorker magazine, and it showed a large sign in front of a large cathedral church, and the sign read, The Light Church, 24% fewer commitments, home of the 7.5% tithe, 15-minute sermons, boy, what a deal, right? 45-minute worship service, we have only eight commandments, you choose. We use just three spiritual laws. Everything you've wanted in a church and less. That's a great sign, right? Except, unfortunately, there's a lot of truth to that cartoon. Unfortunately, it's an accurate picture of many people in the world today that are looking for a light church, a light faith, a light commitment. In the passage that we're going to be studying today, James, is asking each of us a question. And the question is Is your faith genuine? Is your faith real? How can we know if our faith is a real faith or if it's a light faith or a knockoff, if you would? So let's go to James and we're going to begin reading together today in the second chapter. And we want to pick up in verse 14. James chapter 2. Beginning together in verse 14 says, what use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled. And yet you do not give to them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe in God that you believe that God is one and you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Faith without works is useless. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Here is the argument that James states for us in this passage of Scripture. He writes... If someone says he has faith. Now, that's an interesting statement. He isn't saying if someone has faith. He's saying if someone says they have faith. If someone is claiming to have faith. If they are giving lip service or verbally saying, I have faith. He says, but not necessarily that they do have faith. The verb translated here to claim or to say is the present tense, which suggests that this is an idea that someone is continually telling people, I have faith. I have faith. I, I, I just, I have so much faith. I, I have so much faith in God. In other words, they're providing lip service, and over and over and over, they're telling you they have faith, but there's an, anything in their life that demonstrates they are hollow words. Without meaning or without substance, it's a claim. So James is referring to the profession of faith, not the possession of faith. Two different things. They are professing it. They are verbalizing it. They're saying it. But he says they don't possess it. It's not real. It's not an act of faith that is taking place in their life and making a difference in their life. The faith that James denounces is a mere creedal confession. It's the idea of just simply saying, yes, I have faith. But it is not a faith that entails a wholehearted acceptance. James has no problem with real, genuine faith. His struggle is with faith that is not real. In our world today, uh, you know, there are knockoffs. I use that term in in the uh, the uh, title of the message. They're knockoffs. They're not the real thing. They look like it. They have all of the appearance of it. Everything is branded that way. They're knockoff purses and knockoff watches and knockoff this and that. And, and all of those things, they have all of the appearance of, but they're not the real thing. They're not the genuine article. And the reason we have knockoff is why? Because they're less expensive. I can appear that I have the real thing, but I don't have to pay the price for it. Is our faith genuine or is it knockoff? Is it something that we say we have faith? Is it something that we claim we have faith? We profess it with our lips, but yet we do not possess it in our hearts. It looks real. We go through all the motions. It appears that we have faith, but it's a cheaper knockoff version. It's not the real thing. It's not genuine. We haven't paid the price for that faith. And James is struggling with people who are saying, I have faith. And over and over, they're trying to convince us that they have faith by their words, but yet their actions are not genuine. Their faith is not not demonstrated a wholehearted commitment, a wholehearted faithfulness to that commitment. He would agree with those who say that we aren't saved by faith plus works, but rather we are saved by faith that works. Faith that takes action. Faith that that does something about what we believe and what we profess and what we possess in our hearts. If there is a root, it will eventually bear fruit. But if there is no fruit, it means there is no root. If there isn't any evidence or demonstration of that faith, then the likelihood that there is not real genuine faith. But when we see fruits of that faith, when we see evidence of that faith, it defines or or it demonstrates that there is a root that's growing in faith, that's developing, where works do not exist, neither does faith exist. In fact, in that verse he says, faith without works is what? Useless, dead. It has no value whatsoever. So to profess, profess or verbally say that I have faith, really is of no value. It, it, it has no purpose in life. So we say those things, but do we truly live those things in our life? The second thing that I want us to see is, is that He defines the principle for us. He begins to help us to understand logically how faith goes to work in our life and is not just a lip service. He says there is a brother or a sister so so he's defining a real person. Okay, this is a brother or sister, maybe a brother and sister in faith, may, maybe a biologically a brother or sister. But there's someone, he says, that we know, that we're familiar with, and they have a need. And, and he says that the, fee, the need is to have food and to have clothing. And if we say to them, lip service, again, remember what he's talking about, the lip service of faith. If we say to them, hey, you know, be clothed, be warm, and be filled, let your stomachs be filled up, and and be blessed as you go. He says, if we say that, then what value is it? Have we really helped them at all? Have we done anything to, to advance them in the circumstances in which they find themselves? If they find themselves without clothing to keep warm, if they find themselves without food to eat, he says then if we just provide lip service and say these things, what good have we done for them? What, what have we accomplished in their life? What, what have we accomplished to help them and move them in the right direction if we haven't taken any action? Well, they're being kind, I mean, if you say to someone, hey, I hope that you get the clothing that you need to be warm. I hope that that you get food to to fill your stomach. And and I want you to have a blessing in your life. I mean, being kind. We look around the world today. There are all kinds of campaigns. And we see all kinds of commercials, all kinds of, of advertisement and ideas about being kind. Let's be kind to other people. Let's treat people with kindness. And certainly that's a biblical principle. There isn't anything wrong with that, except that's not enough. That doesn't take what God tells us to do to the degree that He tells us to do it. It's one thing to say, let's be kind. It's another thing to actually act kind. It's another thing to say, hey, if you need some clothing, i got some clothing. I'll I'll provide that for you. I've got some money. I'll help buy something for you. You're hungry. You need some food. Let me put some food in your refrigerator. Let me, let me buy a meal for you and fill your stomach. Let me do something about the need that you have in your life. Not just be kind and say, man, I, I hope everything works out. No, I hope, hope you get the clothing you need to stay warm. I, man, I, I hope you, you get some food to put on your table. I, I pray for blessings for you in your life. That's kindness. But he calls us, James calls us, and God calls us through James to action in our faith, to, to act on the kindness that we want to show to other people. I would submit to you that there are probably people here this morning and people all around us every day in life that they have needs. The question is, what are we doing to meet those needs? What actions are we taking? What demonstration of compassion or kindness or care are we giving to them to help them with a need that exists in their life, whatever that might be? And we could begin probably today and list any number of needs that are like Don was saying earlier, any number of needs among us right here. But what about the people around us, our neighbors, and the people that we know, or people that we work with, or people that we come in contact with on a daily basis? What about the needs in their life? He says genuine faith does something about those needs. Genuine faith takes action and he describes and defines that for us in regards to what's going on in someone's life and how we respond to that and how we allow our faith to lead us in relationship to that not well listen you know what i'd give them money but i don't have any idea what they're going to spend it on well is that your responsibility to determine what they're going to spend it on or is it your responsibility to act on behalf of God, to be His messenger, His hands, His feet, His mouthpiece in the world today? And if someone's in need, say, you know what? I'm going to take action to meet that need. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to pray that God will bless you in that. And, and I hope that it will, will meet the need that you have in your life. And then trust the Lord. Lord, I, I did what you asked me to do. I provided that which you asked me to provide. And now I'm trusting you that you're going to use that in a positive way in that life. Whatever they spend it on, that's not my business. You've called me to be kind to people and demonstrate that kindness through the faith that I have and to do something about it. And so I'm doing something about it, and now it's in your hands. It's not in my hands anymore. I I don't control all of that. I don't say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you this money, but you can only spend it for this and this and this, and that's it. Okay? Now, if you feel that way about things... Then probably the the thing that we need to do is to take an action to say, you need food. I tell you what, I'm going to go buy a bunch of food and bring it to your house. Here it is. Okay? If you're concerned about that financially what someone's going to do with money if you give them money, then there are other ways to address that. But don't just do nothing in our lives because we're afraid of what someone might do with what we offer to them. Do something. Be active. Be committed. Be faithful. Believe and trust in the Lord and that He will take the actions of your heart and the actions of your faith and He will produce out of that something positive for His kingdom. Do we believe that He has the ability to do that? Let's hope that we do. Do we believe that if we give and we do what He's called us to do, and we act upon the kindness that He's called us to and act upon our faith, and we give, give feet and hands and a mouthpiece to our faith and our trust in God, That then we can turn it over to Him and let Him take control and, and let Him do. Hey, if they spend it on what they want to spend it on, then that's between them and the Lord. I did what I was supposed to do. I, I was obedient, I was faithful, and, and I did what God asked me to do in regards to meeting the needs of others. If I have a brother or sister and they need to be clothed because they're cold, or they need food because they're hungry, will I do something about it out of faith and belief and trust in God and that He will take care of that once I've done what He's asked me to do? Genuine faith is more than a mere profession of faith. Genuine faith is more than a mere profession of faith. It is one thing to say, I believe. It is one thing to say, I have faith. It's another thing to put that faith into action, to put that belief to the test in what we do and how we act in our life day by day. He goes on and he says this, listen, you believe? you believe that God really is God? Do you believe that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do? That's fantastic. Even the demons believe. He says, you see, it's just mere belief, it's not enough. They believe, they're demons, they believe, but they believe and they fear and tremble at Him and they're going to do what they can to, to go around Him and to draw people away from Him, but they believe. They believe He is who He says He is. They believe that He'll do what He says He will do. And He says, is that all that we have? Is that it for us? He said, the demons do that. There's got to be something more to our faith. There's got to be something uh, a more substance to our belief and our trust in God. Genuine faith is more than acceptance of the creed or just lip service. It's more than, yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And that's it. Is there anything that goes with that? Is there anything that, uh, of substance that backs that up? That, that demonstrates and communicates that to the world so that they can know and recognize and understand that your faith is genuine and real. You really do believe and you really do trust in God. Third and final thing is this. The conclusion that he draws. And, and his conclusion is that faith does not evidence itself outwardly. is not genuine faith. If faith does not demonstrate itself outwardly, Outwardly, Evidence itself outwardly. Then he said it's not real faith. It's a knockoff. It's a light faith. It's yes, I want to believe in God and trust in God enough that, that I don't have to go to hell. But I don't want to believe in God and trust in God enough to do something about it in my life. I don't want to be forced to take an action. I, I don't want to make any type of commitment. I don't want to be, be genuinely kind and, and concerned about others. I don't want to do those things. I want just enough faith to say that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He's the Savior of the world. I want to say that because I want the salvation that He offers so that I don't go to hell. But I don't want to do anything. Hey, I'll show up for church on Sunday. I'll put a little bit of money in the offering plate. But that's as far As I'm willing to go. And James' conclusion that he draws from understanding that is that that is not genuine faith. That's a knockoff. It's a light faith because there's no commitment, there's no follow through, there's no evidence of that faith in my life and the life actions that I carry out. And so then he does this he says, Let me give you two illustrations. He said in, in the Old Testament Scripture, there was this guy named Abraham, verses 21 through 24. And he says that Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. Not just willing. He didn't say, oh yeah, if that's what God wants me to do, I'll do it. He took action. He did something about his faith and his trust in God. His his son that was the inheritance. His son that was the future. And he did what? He He, he packed up the donkey. And he got the firewood for the altar. And he got the knife to sacrifice his son. He got the rope to tie him up. And they went to the mountain that was designated. And then they built the altar. And, and they, they took the wood. And they had the wood. And they took his son and bound him up and put him on top. He took action. He just didn't say, oh yeah, I believe God is who, who he says he is. I believe he'll do what he says he's going to do. I have faith in him. When God called him to do something, he took action. It would have been one thing to say, oh yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice him if I need to. I I, I would give him up. I I would take his life if that's what's necessary. But he didn't do that. His faith took action. And James illustrates that in the life of Abraham. And he placed him on the altar and listened. The Scripture says that he took the knife and he drew it back. Think about that. He was at the point that he was taking his son's life. Why? Because he had faith in God. And his faith drove him to action and commitment and faithfulness and obedience to God. And so he did something about that faith. And then he uses the illustration of Rahab. And we know what Rahab did. Rahab uh, was willing to, to sacrifice possible execution because she helped the spies she aided the spies she did something about her faith and her belief and she didn't say well man i hope everything works out for you guys i hope you get out of the city without getting caught hey let me tell you here's a couple of ways that you could go that you might avoid the guards and you might not get caught would have been pretty good man that's pretty kind of her to do that i mean she's taking a risk just telling them which way to go she didn't do that she took action She allowed her faith to cause her to take steps to do something that was evidence of her faith and her trust and her belief and her obedience. God says that our faith without works is dead or useless. It has no value. It's just a knockoff. It's just a knockoff. It's not real. It's not genuine. Back when I was in Bible college, and that was a long time ago, a long time ago, I met a man by the name of Rich Mullins. You may or may not know that name. Rich Mullins wrote a song that many people sing in our world today, still today. And that song is Our God is an Awesome God. And our God is an Awesome God. And Rich was a talented songwriter, he was a talented musician. Uh, and, and Singer and, and he was a great guy a few years later Rich died in a car accident just some freak accident lost control of a car he and the occupant they, they don't even know to this day which one was actually driving the vehicle were both uh, discharged from the vehicle and, and then Rich was hit by another vehicle and his life was taken talented, gifted gifted guy Super heart Incredible songs that he wrote And he performed In one of his songs He wrote these words And, and I love these words and, and I use them still today And I think it's so appropriate For this message today He said faith without works Is like a screen door on a submarine It's in one of his songs What good is a screen, screen door On a submarine It has no value it doesn't do anything to support the operation of the submarine. Faith without works is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. So is our faith genuine or is it just a knockoff? Well, this morning we're singing invitation hymn.